Good evening, friends, and welcome back to Live Reality Games, where we talk all things reality. My name's Kirk, and we are going to break down episode three that just aired of Survivor 41. And it was an episode. So if you haven't watched it yet, spoiler alert, we're going to talk about everything. So go on to All Access right now and check it out. But we saw Brad blindsided three to one, no vote. Lots of beware advantages. This is a crazy episode. And with me today are people, players, and hostesses of Adventure Coco Pele, a live game that you probably have never watched, but it's been going on for a while. With me today, and you also you're going to recognize two of these faces as well because they commonly podcast with us. Susan, our winner of 2018, welcome. Trust me, people have seen it. I send the link to Coco Pally to everybody I meet anywhere. I'm like, hey, you want to see this live game? I want it, you know. So, <laughs> it's so out there that link. Trust me. <laughs> oh, this this right here. So, anyways, um, Luke, one of the best players of that season to almost get to the end, third place was right there, buddy. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing great until you had to bring all that trash back up, Kirk, but uh, <laughs> let's just focus on the Survivor episode. <laughs> Sounds good. But in your defense, if you've seen the ad, it says three winners and Luke. But I don't think you guys all know that I've played Coco Pele three different times in the early versions. And while I did win the easiest version, which was probably season one before we were out in the wilderness, like trying to survive... <laughs> The next season I played, I got seventh place. And the season after that, I got third place as well. So, Luke, I feel you, brother. I know exactly what it's like to be cut off right before the end. Me okay. too. Kirk did it to me in uh, Pirate Booty Camp. I got third. Thanks, Actually, Kirk. Craig did it to you, Susan. <laughs> I can blame I recall Kirk. there being two votes. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and also... A a dear, dear friend of mine that I'm so excited to introduce this community to. I've been talking to her for ages to hopefully get her on a podcast. This is literally my best friend from high school, the originator of the name Adventure Coco Pele, the creator of the series. Susie, welcome. Thank you so much. I am super excited to be here. And I'm super honored that you took the time with your busy family life and everything to Sneak it in. But let's get right into this episode, guys, because this was, I mean, I, I was a little surprised. Luke, right off the bat, you know, we get a lot of emotional Liana and we get the whole title of the episode, My Million Dollar Mistake. What, I mean, let's just, what are some of your hot takes from the start of this seat, this episode? Well, I mean, they did her so dirty. They had her set up like, oh my gosh, made such a big mistake last night. They were setting her up for redemption. And then like, they had her right by the advantage. And it's like, oh, and you fail again. Like, not only did you fail last night, but you also like screwed up again by missing this advantage. And then like, Tiffany just like happens to walk by it in the morning. So uh, I, I feel bad for Liana, but um, I mean, I, I like that kind of like the edit doing people dirty. So I enjoyed it. I do too. I like a little mess. And we definitely got that from Liana. But there's also this sense like, Liana wants this agency in the game, but it's like she's just missing those opportunities. It was right there. It reminded me a little bit of 
what 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 season was it where I think it was Sarah swam out and like collected the secret advantage? Yeah, and game changers. Yeah, like Michaela was on the sit out bench and like Sarah like went up and grabbed right it, even though there. she wasn't supposed to really. So at first I was really confused because we had already seen Xander get a beware advantage. So my initial notes, Susan, I was like, why is there another one on this tribe? I was very confused. Yeah, um, I was hoping just that each tribe would have that one where they had to say the phrase, but I did expect Survivor sometimes over pushes it. Not that it's a bad thing, but I mean, there's so much going on. You have the rock roll if you want to be safe. People have lost their vote, extra votes. Sometimes I just, I wasn't expecting another advantage. So I was confused too. I'm like, wait, they found it from that tribe, right? <laughs> yeah, advantages are not always a bad thing, but like literally we are 25 minutes into the episode and all we had seen was people finding advantages basically. Yep like and doing advantages and they place these advantages in the like plain as day just like out in the open like you didn't have to work hard like there's always this emphasis on survivor like oh yeah you go like work hard and find those idols like tony's in the middle of the night like looking through the woods and then these people just like look down at their feet and there's a freaking advantage there they didn't do anything for yeah i agree to that yeah and i think they are really silly to think that there would be any player that wouldn't take the advantage i mean yes it says beware but like these players are there to play they yeah. don't want to sit it out the choice is an illusion for sure yes it is yeah oh yeah for sure that's so true even though it says danger you're still going i mean survivor's a game about danger even probes was saying this season is yeah. battling the monster that's danger so you should take this advantage clearly but you know, I always, I felt that this, it's it said it came with a disadvantage. However, I feel like this was the be beware advantage that you wanted to find. I think the other one is the is the terrible one. This one seems like it's like, like a little decent, like the power, I, it makes sense to me. Yeah, it's like beware, people might notice you're gone in the middle of the night. Like, okay, yeah. who cares? So just tell them. Yeah, just tell them and bring them back a tarp if you can, like. <laughs> Like I, I, I felt that was, and I think we saw one tribe tell, and then another tribe, Brad, we saw Brad try to sneak yeah. away. I feel like Brad is like, like beta Tony. Like in other words, like he tries to do the moves like Tony would make, like run into the run there and make, do the, the hiding step. thing, yeah. The Definitely. hiding thing. Yeah, like, like to do the little prank, like put, you know, rocks or whatever it was under the blanket so people might still think it's him. What did he call it? It's Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I'll, I have everything except the snoring. Snoring. <laughs> you would think though, like, I mean, it's got to be quiet there. I mean, I imagine if you have to leave in the middle of the night, the best thing would to be tell your tribe. I know you don't want to, but like, it's not like you're somewhere else where you could have wandered this way. Like, what is it to go bathroom? Five minutes at the very most? Like, I just, I don't understand the not telling that. I I think that was his game ball. Well, and they were all sleeping on the beach as well, whereas the other tribes were up in their shelters. That was like But I mean, how well are you sleeping if you can't, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I would think you would hear somebody had to have heard something or... At any time, you can't be fully that asleep on an island in the middle of nowhere. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I know you're tired, right? but I mean, you've got to be like, nope, what's that? I mean, at least I think I would. I didn't even sleep barely at live game because I'm like, what's that noise? What was that crack? 
That's so true. You know, it's ironic. It's like Brad overshared with the first that first kind of initial move to run into the woods and, and sneak in on JD and Ricard and see what they're talking about. And then he kind of undershared when he got a beware advantage that maybe he should have kind of told maybe more than just Shan, because I think he put all of the power and decision making into Shan's hands by not kind of leveraging it maybe with other players. Yeah, I think I I mean this is maybe jumping the gun a little bit, but I don't know if I agree with Shan's decision to ultimately blindside Brad because I feel like Brad is playing the game really hard. He's going to find lots of stuff, but he's also kind of a moron. Like I think he's very easily manipulated. Somebody who I would love to be aligned with cuz not to harken too much back to Coco Pele, but like a little bit like a Ralph where like he's going to vote with you and he's probably not going to win in the end cuz I don't think he's very well spoken. So I would just want to like drag that sucker, bring all of his advantages with me. Like Brad can use the idol on me. And um, I don't think that JD obviously is playing as, as much of a group game as Brad is playing. He's, he's playing to like hide stuff from people. He's like, you don't tell people when you find stuff, you know, on Survivor. Like you keep that shit to yourself basically. And um, Brad, that's not the game that Brad was playing at all. Absolutely. Absolutely not. And then he also, he, um, got the the other beware advantage right uh where you get the strange phrase and he had the broccoli phrase and he kind of like described himself as broccoli but i was watching with dustin and i i feel like since him and genie knew that the other clue xander had found mm -hmm. that they might as well just wait until blue says their statement like mm -hmm. like don't even say it at that particular immunity challenge because it seemed like everybody suddenly knew, including everybody on yellow, that Brad was yeah. the man with the idol. Unless you think someone on blue is doing the same thing. We're like, what if they're also waiting? So then what happened? I, I mean, they all know the phrases. I personally would have just, if nobody found it on there, you know the phrase, say the phrase and let somebody go into tribal thinking they're idols activated when it's not like that would have been my play on it like especially knowing all three phrases i'm gonna scream that phrase no i don't have it but you're gonna lose your idol you're gonna think i do <laughs> oh that is so oh, that's evil. that's really interesting yeah I mean, that's the way i would play i mean because they all told other people and uh last episode when the two went to the secret island she told him all the phrases so if i had that information i would have been hollering it <laughs> So, but here we we mentioned this last episode. Like, what if somebody from all three tribes says it? Do you also have to have the piece of paper? Like, what if you convince somebody from blue to say it? Will it activate your idol? Uh, that seems like that's a unknown. That might be like a production interference kind of thing where they're like, no, you can't say it unless you have this piece of paper. Like, I feel like they would step in because that's too yeah. confusing for casual viewers. <laughs> That's true. And that's exactly what went down at Survival Challenge this year when somebody attempted to play the Adam Klein idol, which was located on the podium at Tribal Council. A player smartly predicted, maybe this is an idol based on what we saw in Survivor. She went to grab it and play it. And the host said, because uh, she took it off. She actually took the thing. And he goes, put that back. <laughs> she goes, well, I want to play this. And he goes, you can't. And so then when um, mm -hmm. K-Woo, who ended up winning the season, went up and touched it, he said, fire is life. And the host said, now this idol is activated and you can play it. So in, in essence, you had to have the piece of paper. But the question I still have 
before John Batea is if a player just went up and touched it and knew Kewu's clue, would they have activated that idol? So it's similar to what we're seeing. And another thing, I know, DeLucas, you said too many advantages, but I feel like we're seeing Survivor beg, borrow, and steal from a ton of live games that have come out in the past two years. We saw tons of prisoners' dilemmas this this, this season so far. And if you go to Real Foot or you go to um, British Columbia, they are full of prisoner <laughs> dilemmas, and they're fascinating. So... We go on, everybody's searching for things. Let's talk a little bit about the blue tribe. We've mentioned a little bit about green and yellow. We have Erica, um, Sydney, and Danny right at the start having a conversation. And people are really realizing Sydney's kind of playing double agent, at least the seer is. Yeah, I have mixed feelings about Sydney. I like. I love like a mean girl villain on Survivor. Like that's that's my type. <laughs> if I was not in Coco Paley, I would have been rooting for Susan as much as I hate to say that. But um, like I like the people like Sydney who are kind of like shit talking people behind their back. I think that's awesome. But um, I don't know. I don't know if like she was doing the right move by just like throwing this year under the bus. I feel like we really don't know a ton about that tribe. So it's hard to really um, like suss out like what are the dynamics, like who's on the top. Yeah. So... Yeah, that, I had mixed feelings about about that scene. I agree. Like, I liked it. Don't get me wrong. I love the villain role and stuff, but I think it should be directed at certain players, like her, Nasir, that fighting thing. I don't think Nasir's a strong player, where as to, well, you're just picking on him because he's weaker than you. Like, I want to see that against, like, Xander or something, somebody more bigger in the game. That For me, that's always fun. I'm not really sure what her motivation was to tell the whole tribe what Nasir had spoken to her about in the middle of the night. I mean, honestly, it felt like a little bit of a reach, like Survivor was just trying to give us a little bit of information about that tribe because they haven't been a losing tribe and we haven't learned very much about them. Yeah, I would I love to have known like what well. she was thinking. I'm kind of missing some of the one-on-one -on -one conversations with the contestants and the camera. Um, I really relish in those moments. I feel like that's where you really like invest in the contestants one on one. And I, I don't know. I'm well, not I seeing that as much. Getting better personally. I wish they would do the storyboard like Australia does in each section and stuff. I would enjoy that. But I mean, it could also be like maybe that tribe really isn't doing that much, and that's all they had to give us was that clip. I mean, you just you don't really know until the end. <laughs> That's true. We've all, I think at least many of us here have played on a tribe at some point that's had a kumbaya moment and like you don't really want to talk about or say a name because it puts a target on your back. But I I just feel bad. You know, we know Nasir's backstory. They've they've privileged us with, with seeing that. And I just felt bad seeing kind of that five on one. It, at least the edit made it look like that mentality. And I'm like, you're not even going to tribal. And what I'm concerned about is in the preview, it mentioned that Deshaun was interested in throwing the challenge. And I know we're really jumping the gun, but I mean, what's your take on that? Not a fan of throwing a challenge at all. I don't care what the situation is. Absolutely not. I agree 100%. I mean, why? It doesn't, it just doesn't make any sense in my mind why you would put yourself at a disadvantage. 
I'm a huge I mean, fan of throwing challenges, but I don't. Comfortable. I, I just. <laughs> I'm a huge fan of throwing challenges, but I don't think it makes. Why would that tribe need to throw a challenge unless something really dramatic happens next episode? Like, if they're just like going to tribal to get rid of Nasir, like, who cares? Like, who? Where's? I mean, like, either you're gonna like bring Nasir to a swap and it's gonna turn on you then, or like you're gonna lose a number now and like you're still gonna have the same number of people against you later. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. That's true. That but I mean, true. that's if you're standing behind, like the tr- original tribes are going to stick together. I mean, how often do they stick together? I mean, you have your starter tribe and then move on. I mean, it makes more sense, but I mean, it rarely, rarely happens. Well, did you hear the rumor I, that potentially maybe there's not a swap this season? Um, I don't know if you guys have heard about this, but Amazon dropped the merge buff on accident. And we haven't necessarily, I mean, of course that doesn't mean that. anything. They might just dissolve one tribe, right? But right. I mean, it is it is questionable because one tribe's buff was exceptionally low priced, kind of like the Matt Singh season. So I don't know. We'll see. Um, is it dead now that Brad is gone? Do you think they'll rehide this idol on green? I'm going to go with, yeah, because we're not at merge or close to a merge yet. I could see if we were a round or two away, maybe they wouldn't. But no, I'm going to go with they're going to rehide it. Yeah, there's no way Survivor's going to let an advantage just die that they've put, like, probably, like, 30 oh, full minutes of airtime. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it holds a lot of power. I mean, you know, it holds power along each of those tribes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have to ride it. They want these idols to have power, like right at merge. I think, like right think to have so some too. dramatic episode right then. See them be useless up until then. Give them some power. But it might be interesting to see a season with only three idols, since we've been seeing seasons with like upwards of like many more than that. That's true. We we're seeing advantages, but there's only this one shared idol so far. Well. Right. Speaking to the point about there not being a swap, it would be confusing if you had an idol and then you swapped to another tribe because it hasn't been found on blue yet. And so then, like, let's say, well, hypothetically, if Brad was still in the game and he swapped to blue, and then there's another person on blue, so two people on blue would be saying the same, would be saying a phrase. I don't know. It, it gets a little fuzzy. It gets very fuzzy. And here's the other if we remember, the disadvantage says you lose your vote until the merge. Yeah, if all three people like on one tribe like all lost their vote, and there's like one person voting. What what happens if there's a swap? These three people end up on the same tribe. They're the only ones there. All of them can't vote. Does it go to a fire making <laughs> challenge? Rocks, maybe. Well, I feel like there'd be a fourth person on the tribe, so I feel like it would just be like one person voting, probably, which would also be hilarious. And like Survivor would be pissed if that happened. <laughs> So if that was the case and it was all of us, I'm very happy because I brought with me a friend. I brought the Coco Pele immunity idol. So I'm safe this episode, guys. Not going anywhere. (laughs) Okay, so let's talk a little bit about the prisoner's dilemma that we saw. So um, Sydney, Brad, and Tiff end up going to a secret like shipwreck island, it looks like. And... The weather is beautiful. I mean, it looks like it's a full moon outside of these this nice cloudy night. And they have another dilemma choice between steal a boat or a tarp. Do you think all of these players made a good choice, a correct choice? Or would you have done something different? 
it was surprising that they obviously did not collaborate very well because only one person got the advantage where mm-hmm. there potentially could have been two. So that was the surprising aspect to me is like, even more useful than getting these advantages at the summit is like making alliances on other tribes for swaps and merge. Like they, they, the opportunity wasn't missed by not getting the advantage. The opportunity was missed by not just like making new allies. Like the fact that Tiffany and Sydney were like so hostile with each other. I'm like, geez, yeah. you got, your girls are playing terrible. The description even said like, these are the moments that you live for. It's an unknown opportunity to talk with different tribes. I mean, it's, I agree. It was a total missed opportunity. Yeah, they should work something out. Cause regardless of, I mean, even if you went back with the tarp, somebody on your tribe is going to think you got an idol or something, regardless yeah. of you coming back exactly. with nothing or with something, they're still going to think you have something. So you might as well just try to figure out how to get that something. Right. And wasn't the point that nobody knows that you're gone. So if you like mm-hmm. supposedly don't go anywhere and then you just suddenly like pull a tarp out of your ass, like where'd you get that tarp? Like you can't tell them. I found it. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Although I do think that it would, it would, it would cause a little bit of drama because if they did bring back the tarp and they say that they chose towards the team or they won an advantage, I mean, they could make up any story they wanted. You know, I was taken in the middle of the night. I mean, they don't even have to say that I found an advantage that forced me to get on a boat. I mean, there could have been, you know, anything. Jeff came in the middle of the night and y'all slept through it. I mean, you know. It's a new era. Drop the form, you know, like it it, it could be anything. I totally agree. I think it's just, I don't know. I just think it was a bad idea to probably lie about it. Here's here's my issue with taking the steal about because it might have been like, let's say, Luke, you want the steal about, but I want the tarp. I might be a little bit afraid, even if I'm building a quick alliance with you, that you're going to turn at merge and steal my vote. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that there's potential, like, you don't want people in the game who know that you have an advantage also. So, like, I might just want to vote you out because you could expose my seal of votes. I want you out sooner rather than later. I think there is, and I, and that's why I think it's so important that, like, you really, like, my goal would be build a strong alliance with these two people as much as you can and get an advantage, hopefully. But, like, if not, then probably just, like, just go for the tarp, honestly. If like it's not working out, everyone just take the tarp. <laughs> yeah, but so far, basically, if it says beware advantage, even though we know we would probably take it, you probably should not. Mm-hmm. Because so far it's not resulted in any good for any player. Because if we even look at the like butterfly effect on like what you were talking about, Sydney and Tiffany, they now have like a consternation, like a dilemma between just the two of them that had they not picked that up, <laughs> they maybe wouldn't have. They also did not get the tarp. They did not get a steal of out. All they had was literally a lose-lose scenario for this. But that's so, on them for not working it out. I think totally taking the advantage, um, whether they say what they have or not. I mean, me personally, I would take the advantage and let people know you can use advantages, idols as a shield. People are afraid of those. I mean, but then to be fair, I didn't do that at Coco Paley. I had to leave the tribal thing. I had half of a super idol and I didn't tell anybody I was too scared. <laughs> yeah. In fact, I remember at one point your hand literally shaking, Susan, at Travis. Well, that's because I put my hand in the fire to look for said uh, super idol and it was not there. <laughs> if you remember, I was supposed to find the other half of that super idol and I I missed it at my, uh, at my challenge. So what could have been? <laughs> 
Who oh are fighting gosh, between that's us? That's <laughs> no, I feel like me, Susan. I feel like that would have like bonded me to you. I'm, this is not what the podcast is about, but I feel like that like that would have changed things for sure. If we would have like, if I would have had the other half of that super idol, that would have like changed. You know, it might have. It really could have. I mean, it was such a fun game, uh, even with the advantages and the fast pace. Like, I go back and I'm like, no, I wouldn't change stuff, but I don't know. I can say that now, but I think I might have. I just want to hear the conversation between you two trying to figure out who actually gets to play the super idol. Like, See, that's I when you would have probably, that's when security would have had gone. Yeah. <laughs> Rob is like sitting in between us, like one on the So speaking of exiles, Susie was the first person to introduce exile into Coco Pele. She hosted the third season that I got to play I was sent to exile. It, it was a it was a season with a late merge. Merge was literally like at five people. Like it, and wow. we started with like twenty. So I mean, Jeez. it was a long ass game. There was like three swaps. It's always been one world, so you always have that factor. Anyways, I was sent to Exile Island. I was literally Amanda Kimmel, like, please send me. Went there, picked the right clue, and it was like a clue to a clue to a clue. And the idol was sitting in the bark of a tree. I'll never forget this because it changed my whole trajectory in, in playing these games. And I was standing at the tree. Time was up. Susie comes, Jeff Probst comes back. Susie Probst comes back. It goes, time is up. Head to right to tribal council. And my ass got booted in a 3-1 vote. And I was so, so ticked. And afterwards, Susie's like, yeah, the idol was in the tree you were standing at right when I took you. And I'm like, Great. So after that, I was when I played my next game, my only goal was to find an idol. I didn't care if I was voted out first. Like, I want that little tick on the bucket, bucket list. Isn't it fun? We all have a survivor bucket list. <laughs> yeah, mine is to win, like you guys. Check. <laughs> Although what I don't think you? I ever want to dig ever again. Digging in sand, wet sand is so. Horrific. Okay, so I got to do a recap of this really quick. We all had our moment. Susie was at the <laughs> final three of her season. There was a puzzle, the four puzzle pieces that made a, a three by three cube. And she was at the first station to get the, the puzzle piece. And both of the other players completed all the other legs, slingshots, ropes, course, and Susie's still digging in this pit to find the first piece. She had thrown it, you know, back, of course, right at the start. So it's oh. like wait. the other two, because in the early seasons, it, it was called outthink, outthink, outdrink. So these other two competitors had a lot, um, a, a lot of beverages before this puzzle. And they could not figure it out at all. Susie got all four pieces, got to the end stage, solved the puzzle in minutes, and won that immunity that got her to the end. I still feel like I can I can feel the adrenaline and my heart just pumping so hard and yeah it, I it it just all came together. I mean, I don't even feel like I can remember how to put that puzzle together today. You know, it would probably take me 15 20 minutes, right? But it just all worked out. That's pretty man, cool. My hands hurt. And back to Survivor. Talking about challenges and idols, let's talk a little bit about the challenge we just saw. I called it another swimming and sandbag challenge. <laughs> All I could think about was the gif of like Angelina like reaching for the ropes like this. And like, that's <laughs> all I could think about when they were doing that. <laughs> oh, okay. Favorite moment from the challenge <laughs> has to be 
like the, it's like the heroicism of Tiffany, right? Getting across the ropes and she did it. It reminded me of Sari getting across the balance beam and she's up there and probes, probes says, get in the water. And that entry, I think it's on point of Michelle in Fiji. Is it Fiji falling off the platform? <laughs> Philip Shepard going down the slide. <laughs> like Tiff, you've, you've reached a whole echelon of, of survivors making terrible entries into things. I'm thinking of like Monica from Australian Star Wars. She like belly flops from like a high dive. <laughs> oh, speaking of that, Luke, why is it that nobody can dive in Survivor this season? Like it I can't like dive, so I'm not, I'm not talking about okay. I can't right. dive, so. <laughs> oh, okay. I don't All make right. fun of them. <laughs> okay, I do, because I can dive, I guess. I I'm, I'm like, hilarious. You guys should be going a lot further. And they're like. I would be holding my nose, running and jumping in. Do <laughs> the same. <laughs> Okay, we're blessed fair. with live games that there's not a lot of like water challenges like that <laughs> i think another nice hot take is uh jd trying to like um like i don't know like basketball like, like a layup <laughs> like yeah tip it in and <laughs> yeah that was... called him out <laughs> that was embarrassing like... <laughs> yeah it was. I love how like JD like even says how like just how much confidence he has like at Tribal Council like oh yeah I like really built up my confidence I'm like dude you like went a little too far like those like layups in the challenge was like okay calm it down like you're not like an NBA player I don't know I like it. I like it his too. attitude I love that he's just like all over the place and doesn't know what's going on but yet he does uh, my favorite thing about him is how he wears his buff I don't know I have star rose colored glasses with him he is not my winner's pick for the season, but he is my favorite so far. I love him too. I I don't know. Kirk might be the only person who's him, but he reminds me so much of playing with William Hermanot in Survival Challenge. Like literally the same person. Like playing with William, I imagine like playing with JD. Like so charismatic, so much energy, plays so hard, but also like in some ways just so dumb and like not aware of like how he comes across. Yeah. But like, yeah. so I, I love William is my favorite person I played with. So I'm not trying to like shade him at all, but JD is like the same person to me. But William comes across as very like um, honest and naive. I think is a good way to, to say it. Like, like William will believe a lot of things, but he was trying to play very deceptively. Like in the game, like he does come off very naive, like as a person, but like in the game, he was trying to strategically play very, um, very sneaky and you can tell. I also wondered why they didn't pick Brad right away to throw the sandbags when he's like, he's like as tall as me, I think. And like his, so his reach is like gonna be like eight feet. <laughs> How high <laughs> yeah. up is this? Yeah, I was wondering the same. So um, yeah, you know, and again, we had um, Heather, Erica, Jeannie sitting out, and um, I, I feel like I'm not getting much from the three of them this so far this this season. No, I mean I feel like in the case of Erica and Heather, it's just because like they're on the blue tribe partially. Yeah, I don't know. If you, I, I've only watched like one secret scene so far this year, but the one I did watch, it was like Heather supposedly like had a dream that Sydney like stole her torch. And then it like, and Sydney's, and like, it was like Heather was targeting Sydney because of it. And like, it cuts to a confessional <laughs> of Heather, and she's like, I just made the dream up. I just like wanted people to target Sydney. And like, it was just so nonsensical. But like, that was like the most amazing moment of Heather, and they didn't even put it on the episode. And so we get all these like, you know, 25 minutes of advantages. 
So true. It's a, it's a, it's a, a lot, but I think it's also because they have to explain these advantages. It's not like we could just see secret advantage and know what, what it is, you know? Right. So it's a, it's a lot of uh, exposition. Yeah, it is. So, um, so we, we see the blue, it was pretty close. The end of this challenge, it was kind of exciting. Blue tribe gets the first place win. They win fruit. Which is nice. And then Yasa also gets it. Xander won it for them. And I've never seen people so excited for probably the most measly fruits that Survivor has ever put together for a tribe win. It seems like the rewards, I mean, they're they're right to see there's not much. I would say it's just because there's not much. They didn't start with that huge rise and all the other stuff that they usually start with. But as an eater, I little fruit would have excited me too. <laughs> I'm surprised, honestly, that they're not talking about being more hungry. Um, we haven't heard a lot of complaints about the lack of food, nor have nor have but they shown up. It's a shorter season, so you don't have that. Like before, they would have what, like almost 48 hours before they went to tribal. There was like days between things. I think with the shorter season, just like at a live game, it's so fast that you don't even have time to stop and think. I think it being a shorter season is what's getting us like, we're like, oh, these people are so interested. They're here to play. I think if it was a regular drawn out season, we might not be getting this from them. But them also knowing that it's shorter, the shorter time span, the shorter from this to that point. I think that's why we're not hearing like, oh, I'm hungry and this and this because everybody is so fast paced. Well, and certainly over time, like over the course of Survivor, like there's less and less emphasis on like the survival aspect in terms of like the airtime, even though it might be just star, they're definitely just they know that like that's not like the gimmick of survivor anymore like people want to see the game for the most part that's true i still i still romanticize kind of the adventure part of survivor just a little bit i still kind of miss and that's why i could personally take like somebody suggested once that what if they had extended episodes on cbs all access and these secret scenes and maybe these half an hour we could extend the relationship portion of the game maybe on the all access portion and i I'm kind of a fan of that idea. I know that's more editing, that's, that, but it's more content. It's more commercials. So I, they should think about it because I one of my favorite points of this episode was Shan, right before Tribal Council, telling the story of her being five years old and her parents got in a fight. And I was like, oh, me too. I Me too. I, I, I get you, Shan. Yeah, I think that like a Survivor After Dark, like Big Brother used to have for just like an hour or something to let us see. I, I would, I think that would be great, but then it could also hurt Survivor's editing. I mean, you see how they edit the show and then when players come back, they're like, that's not what happened. So if they gave you this edit and then you go into this half hour show and it's totally different than the edit that they gave you, you're going to have more people like, okay, now what's going on? So I think that might, but maybe we should force them to do that. Maybe they'll get better editing then. <laughs> How do you guys feel about um, the fact that we've seen the, the camera crew a couple of times? We didn't see it at all, I don't think, in this episode, but the other two we saw. Have you talked about that in previous weeks? I I think we, bare, we, we touched on it in the first episode, but there was so much to cover in episode one that we kind of glossed over it. Uh, for me personally, I don't have a problem with it just because because we've been at the live games and we've observed the 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 tons of people that are putting on the event that are always on the other side so 
as a player and a host, it doesn't bother me, but I could see how it would bother maybe a casual fan. Mm -hmm. I like seeing it, although, um, so the person, one of the people that is the coordinator for all the challenges they do is Jaden James. Um, he's from Australia and he works for US Survivor, but he's also an orger and he was new to orgs when he got his job. He obviously doesn't play no more, but great for me. We're great friends. So I get to see when he comes back, I get a lot of those stories and look at the pictures of where we stay and this and this. So I've already gotten it. I think it's great. I mean, as a person, I love Survivor in all aspects. I want to know what the crew's doing. Um, what's the season that Caleb went down? All those people coming out of nowhere was just so amazing. You were like, where's this village at? So I do like the back scene of it. All. I think it's amazing that you just think they're all on this island by themselves, but there's like 200 people in the background. <laughs> And we've always known they've used stunt doubles when they uh, do other sections, and that's usually dream teamers. And dream teamers, that's not a job you can do for life. It's not a lifer job. So its I think it's kind of nice to honor those people that practice those challenges and put their time at risk to show their foot or their hand. Or in the case of Laura Simon, we got to see her whole back. Yay. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't really care about like small, like little crew sightings. I did think it was really cool in episode one where we saw, um, like the uh, what's the word when they're on the ship, the uh, the mooring or whatever. But anyways, like when you see like the other boat, like the smaller boat on the side of the big boat, and you see just how many people are on there, all the equipment. I thought that was a really cool shot, and like definitely something that I had I'd not really seen a picture of before. So I think that was a cool moment. But um, the little moments with the crew, like I almost don't even really notice it. I personally, I love it. I think that it adds a whole nother layer to viewing what all of the all of the pressure that the contestants have on them. It's this like almost like an unknown pressure to the audience at home because you do get so invested in them being on you know on their own island and being off in the middle of the wilderness. You just don't really think about all of the other things that are going around them that may or may not have an influence on their emotional well-being and their just like physical comfort. I, yeah, and I, all I the pressure, was... the pressure of dozens of people watching you and all Probst, the time. Yeah. And Probst says your name and it's like, ask you and you're, you're thinking, what is the wittiest thing I can say? Because I want this to get in the edit. And I can imagine all the pressure. You'd have to get used to that really quick if you weren't already in that position in your normal life. Yeah, That's and then you say something that... stupid like uh, like like little broccoli is growing on little trees or whatever Brad said that wasn't the actual phrase. <laughs> yeah, does that even count? No, that should not. That should absolutely not count. And I hope he messes it up. Oh, like he's gone now. But that would have been hilarious to see him like keep not saying the phrase. And like you see Xander on the other tribe just like fuming like, dude, that's not the phrase. <laughs> <laughs> I just loved every everybody else on yellow like looking right at Brad. <laughs> like, duh. <laughs> everybody knows Brad. Everybody knows. Yeah. So so clearly, if you get a beware advantage, you should tell people and you should not tell people. You should I mean it's just too confusing. Just don't don't pick it up. Future survivor players. I don't, I don't. I think... How can you go on the show? Like, imagine that your lifelong dream, like Kirk, you love Survivor. You go on Survivor and they say, here you go, Kirk, beware. Your heart's, I mean, that for me would be the super fan. Like you've yeah. been waiting your entire life for this. How can you not take it? If somebody doesn't take it, I would maybe feel <laughs> not less of them as a player. But I mean, isn't that what you're going out for? Like all in or nothing? Like why go out there and play it safe? This is everybody's dream. Fuck that. Maybe, Beware. Take my vote. <laughs> maybe a bigger risk is to is Brad convincing Jeannie 
to open it instead. Is that the move? That is a really good point. Knowing where the advantage is and 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 somehow manipulating the teammates for one of them to open it. I mean, can you, you do that? Did you have found it and then just went like and gave it to anybody? Can you put it in your pocket and later on that night say, you know what, I've decided it's going to be this person and give it I, to that person? I think it said if you take it. So I'm assuming if you put, because you have to retake it to read it. So I'm assuming if you put it back where you found it, it's fair game and anybody else can claim it. We haven't seen a player make that choice. So I guess it's still a little confusion, but it, it tells us that you, you don't have to, to open it at least. So I don't know if you can pocket it. That would be fun to just like slip it into Susie. I'm just going to slip this into your bag and you're going to think <laughs> survivor, the producers left it for you. And there you go. Have your confessional and the whole time. I'm like, Mwah, ha, 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 ha. Yeah. Oh, that would be a good one. Thinking the producers gave it to you and you're bad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I do. I would just want to throw it the some rules Because if you, oh. we guys got on Survivor, we'd be like, well, the rules didn't say I couldn't. <laughs> That's true. Or is it like, there? we've seen this in, I think, a couple different seasons where they've they've gotten rid of the idol. Could, could we do what Luke said, just toss it in the fire and say, nobody gets it. No, they wouldn't let you do that. Either. And not, at least not in this iteration where all three phrases have to be said. They're also not going to let that happen for sure. Yeah, that's true. Or it's just a new idol's just going to appear. Yeah, it's almost like you'd rather, like Susan was saying, like you'd rather like know where it is or maybe uh, Susie was saying it. Um, you'd rather your ally have it because at least then it's like a known quantity kind of. Mm -hmm. So let's let's break down. Let's get to the end of this episode. We, Luke, you kind of mentioned it earlier. Was this the right move for Shan? Did she make the right move? Can, like, let's like butterfly effect this. Let's think out. Was the best move for her to take to get rid of these beware advantages and keep JD with her and Ricard? What do you guys think? Um, well, I would say that she had to think like, okay, she wants to get rid of Brad because he has it, but... I mean, if you watch Survivor, you know, usually if somebody goes home with the idol and it's at a certain stage, they're going to put it back out there. So now she's taking the chance that maybe JD is going to find it. Um, personally, I don't like Ricard. I wish she would go against him. I don't know what it is about him. them. I just... He's going against your boy JD, Susan. Maybe that's what it is. <clears throat> Leave him Not alone. Not in this episode, <laughs> but yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. I, I, that's that's kind of my reason why I've had the same kind of a feeling like he's getting a villain at it as it's going on. Yep. But yes, to me, yes. it was this. It's like he's going to go up to Shan and it, like like for episodes, he's been doubting JD. I'm assuming through Shan, he discovered about the extra vote. And now, since he was like apologetic because of Shan, not Ricard, he's like, oh, he's useful to you. So let's keep you. I, I, I feel like there's like Ricard's very much a gamer and he doesn't have very, very much personal game going on. And that that concerns me for his longevity this season. It seems a little duplicitous, like like I don't like JD for this reason, but then now he's useful. Now I want to keep him around. Uh, I would be worried it's a little flip-floppy, like super early in the game. So I I don't know how I'd feel. Because there's the other flip side that if Shan 
was able to keep those advantages in the game, would would Brad actually want to work with her commerge? And would those be useful for her going down deeper into the game? It's hard to I, say. I mean, I was going to say, I think so. Kind of like Susan was saying, like, if you go to Brad, the idol's going to appear somewhere else. Like, who better for Shan to, like, have somebody on her tribe have the advantage than Brad? I mean, we don't see, obviously, the depth of all of her relationships. But, like, Brad seems like a rather straightforward person. I mean, you hear in the, in the beginning of the episode talking about, like, oh, you know, you just got to work hard and, like, look for things. And, like, you're going to succeed. And it's like, come on. That's a guy that's probably not going to be just, like, lying to people's faces like Shane was doing this episode. Like, it's really pretty trustworthy. And JD gave her his extra vote. And that would have been hers to keep had she voted him out. And that's that's a missed opportunity in my mind. Yeah, JD has proven, like... like you can give it out like that. Like, as a bargaining chip. Like, I feel like some of the advantages, like the like the smaller ones. I'm not saying you can't use your idol or something on uh, anybody else. But smaller advantages, I feel should be for the person who found it and that's it like it gets too messy when you're like well i have this and if you can exchange it for that i feel like certain advantages are just it should just be for that player you shouldn't be allowed to use it for any other reason but what you got it for i like the idea of a bargaining chip though because that like really like that's when we get like juicy blind sides release the potential is like shan almost voted out jd and took his advantage like with pretty much no repercussions that would have been just as incredible as the Brad blind side, in my opinion. So I like the drama of potentially using bargaining chips. Mm -hmm. um, according to Twitter, which we know we can trust, um, Brad couldn't use his, his steal a vote tonight because yeah. he did not have a vote. This personally angers me, and the gamer inside of me thinks he should have been able to steal the vote, but then not use the vote, which I know is evil as well. But I almost want that, like, if they're going to have all of these rules, they need to become like Magic the <laughs> Gathering, and they need to have a rule book and an order of play. Like, this happens here, this happens here, this happens here. Because I think it's, it's uh, uh, unless somebody can screenshot, and somebody will, I'm sure, and post it, but what did it say on Steal a Vote? Did it specifically say you had to have a vote to steal a vote? Like, that's where I get confused. I think he should have been allowed to steal a vote if that is what your power is, regardless of you don't have the vote or not. You're not losing. It didn't say not only did you lose your vote, but you are at a disadvantage from using your advantages that you find at this point. Well, the concept of stealing a vote is like that you have to use that person's vote, I guess. So like, and I guess you could like you can't complete the stealing part unless you can complete the second part of actually using it. I don't know. I feel like you have to use you have to use the whole advantage, not just part of it. But I mean, it is very confusing. Like Kirk said, like we really do need a rule book of like. Well, I mean, I wouldn't let him use the vote. vote. It's not his vote. He's stealing it from somebody else. They didn't lose their vote. You did. So I think he should have been able to cast the vote if he stole it, even if he doesn't have one because he's not casting his own vote. Hmm. Interesting. So we head off to tribal council, and we get the game within the game. The Rebus puzzle, which by the way, I have a student right now. So they, a teacher at my high school did like, I don't know, it was like probably an English teacher, but gave like Rebus puzzles for the students to solve. So a student comes up to me and goes, what is this? And it was the word shoot twice for parachute. So I was like, you have to sound it out loud. 
And this girl right next to me looks at it for a second. She goes, parachute. And I was like, oh, that's good. So then I sent her the link to Survivor Game for a Game. And she solved all of them really quick. I'm like, girl, <laughs> you're a future Survivor player. So Miss Dawson out there, you better put your feelers out there. They like they, they like the 20-year-olds. That's only a couple years away for you. Um, did any of you solve it? Did you see it? I didn't even see it. I did not see it this I round. Saw it. I did solve the other one. It was it's a, so fast. It's so fast. It helps to go to the website right after it. It was a can, it was a cancel sign or a negate sign with a mountain and a boat. And it breaks down to don't rock the boat, I'm assuming. How that has to do with Survivor, I don't know. But it's a, it's a great song from, what is it, South Pacific, Rogers and Hammerstein. <laughs> Um, so we're at Tribal Council. I felt like this was a very kumbaya. Jeff Probst was in a good mood tonight. He wasn't out for blood. He wanted like the heartfelt moments. We get a lot of metaphors from JD, like the game's a crystal, you're a mosquito bite. <laughs> and the broccoli is now gone from the tribe. <laughs> Yeah, I really liked. Um, I was I was a little bit falling for like the the JD sob story going home edit a little bit, and then I was I was ultimately like relieved that it was Brad. But like they really were like uh, trying to trick the audience with all the all the uh, sappy JD content. But I, I, I think they it. do that each time though. I, usually when I see that, oh, it looks like they're going home because it looks like JD's mm -hmm. going home round one. It looked like that this round and. So for me, when I see that, I'm like, no, they're not going. You can't mm. trick me again, Survivor. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We've watched too much. I feel like future Survivor players need to come to tribal councils with metaphors because Probst is not going to let you leave until you drop that new metaphor for that particular episode. So I think you should scatter your audition tapes with tons of uh, figurative language. Yeah. That's what they're looking for. <laughs> <laughs> but you know i gotta give it to jd he figured out he was kind of getting on the outs and he came like a like a little lost puppy dog just just as as gullible as can be asking for forgiveness and i feel like that's the way out of that situation like he did play that correctly it kept him in the game so yeah yep sure did and so that means, because it's the end of the episode, I had an update to the premiere draft with Jillian from Survivor Gabon and Lance, one of the live reality game kings. And finally, one of Jillian's players is gone. She's still sitting on, I think, a pretty, well, it's got some stacked people on her team, but Shan right and now, yeah. I mean, who do you guys, <laughs> what do you guys think about my team? Uh, it's pretty sad, Kirk, except for Deshaun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wonder if Jeannie's going to start to play. I do I wonder after after this. She was pretty blindsided, I think, on, on the Brad vote. I think there's going to be an emotional reaction there that might stir something up. I'm excited to see what happens next week. I don't know if she has it. I feel like, if anything, she's going to sink her own ship. Maybe. She's been consistently getting kind of just negative edits, like like not anything she's doing, but just her negative reactions as a whole. They're, we're getting to see those a lot, which is never a good sign. But I still have lunch lady Denise hopes for Jeannie. Like, I, 
please can an alliance pick her up and use her till final four and then she wins some ridiculous balancing challenge and takes it all the way to final three is this so the winner takes lovely. all draft yeah. is this the winner takes all draft or is it points it's 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 all points oh gotcha gotcha so um let's finish this up with who do you guys predict could be who's in a winner position right now and who do you think really has no shot at this game so up here if you look close you should be able to see everybody's face and name as a little reminder but we'll start with winner picks like who do you think just is has got what it takes to get to the end um, I mean, if i'm going off of what i've seen i feel like um the edits are leaving leaning me toward evie that she must have a really good position just by the way she's portrayed um but the way Xander's not being portrayed, I feel like they're tricking us. So I feel like maybe Xander. Yeah, I think Xander has a really great edit. He's like not getting too much airtime. He's obviously like he's he's shown every episode. I feel like he's yeah. shown to be smart. He's under the radar. People identify him as being a threat, but he's not going out yet. Uh, so I would agree. But I also uh, I do feel like from what we've seen. I think that Shan is probably the best player on the cast based off just of what we've seen, which obviously, you know, we don't even know. Erica could be the best player in this season, but we wouldn't know about it yet. Yeah, no, um, yeah. But yeah, I have a lot of faith in Shan, but uh, my, my favorite of this cast is Tiffany. So I'm playing for Tiffany right now. I, I think that Tiffany has a really strong chance at winning it as well. Um, I think that she and, and Shan at some point will probably go head to head. Um, but I also do think that Survivor is painting a really nice story for Evie. So I think she's also going to get far. I don't think Tiffany has a snowball's chance in hell of winning, but I'm rooting for her to win. That would be entertaining as hell. She is super entertaining. She's fantastic. I love her. I know we haven't seen much for Blue, but I've really liked Danny every single time we've seen him. And I think he's the first like former athlete, professional athlete, that I've really, I can honestly say I'm super enjoying them on the show, like consistently. So I'm I'm still pulling for Danny. I know we haven't seen much from Blue, but I'm I'm hoping, even though he's on Lance's team. <laughs> and is there anybody that you think has no shot at this prize already six days into their adventure on Survivor 41? Heather. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to say Richard. He rubs a lot of people. I can't imagine how he's going to become a merge. I'm going to go with Ricard, too, because I feel like he we've, we've gotten some negative edits. Like the first edit was him like being weirded out by JD and the, um, you know, is it Ricard's the one that mentioned the come on in guys thing, too, which I think is 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 respectable from his perspective, absolutely. But I also think it's just very um, divisive. I mean, just look at Twitter about it. So I, I, and we keep seeing kind of that mentality from him. So I don't know, maybe he's an evil genius and we'll see something different, but I I, I don't think he could he can win as of right now. Yeah, I don't think so either. I think he has the least shot. 
So for people that are interested in finding out more about Coco Pele, check out Live Reality Games. We have um, a Wikia page that has links to tons of different games. Steven puts that together. He is the live reality game historian, and we are so thankful for him for doing all that hard work consistently. You can check out information, and if you are interested, I'm dropping a link right now, and you can submit your interest form. We are going to be looking if there are players interested this summer, July, and or August in Michigan. So click that link if you're interested. It's really easy. You don't need to upload a video. You don't need to upload a picture. Just tell us your social media. We'll stalk you from there. And you're definitely going to get a call from us. It's not like Survivor where you probably won't. <laughs> All right? Friends, this has been a blast. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much. Yeah, this was fun, guys. This was great. And we'll see you next week with another podcast recapping episode four. See you soon. Bye.